This is our 12th Frontline Leadership for Extraordinary Times NJASA podcast. And we're pleased to have with us today, Sarah Bellotti, the Superintendent and Chief Education Officer of the North Warren Regional School District. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. And before we begin, how are you and your family doing? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm doing well, doing well. I'm actually fostering kittens, so that's given me a a little bit of a distraction and some entertainment during uh, this definitely stressful time in, uh, in our education. So, yeah, very well. Sounds like you're, sounds like you're adding more stress to, to your time. <laughs> it's fun stress. <laughs> All right, good, good. Well, I'm glad to see you're doing well and, and enjoy seeing that smile. Uh, so tell us about the North Warren School District. It would be considered one of our rural districts in the state. Give our members a quick overview of your 7 through 12 school system, including the demographics of your sending communities and the socioeconomic statistics. Sure. Um, I love talking about uh, our district and I actually, I love describing it. So um, our district is at the very top of Warren County and our district actually spans the whole length of the Appalachian Trail. So the Appalachian Trail goes along um, the whole top of our district. We're 110 square miles um, and we're kind of flanked by that at the top. And Blairstown, which is where our school is located, the town that our school's in, uh, was actually the first recognized Appalachian Trail support community um, uh, in the U.S. So it's kind of cool. It's a lot of history there. It's a lot of culture. We have a lot of pride in outdoors. We have a lot of pride in our rural nature. Um, Definitely a very large geographic footprint um, for our 800 total students. So, um, you know, definitely uh, rural, space apart, a lot of farmland, um, and a really just beautiful, beautiful uh, community to live in. It's, it's gorgeous, gorgeous. You, you have a lot of pride. I can see <laughs> it. Uh, tell me about the, uh, what are the communities that send to your school district and what are the school districts that send to your school? Yeah, we have three elementary schools that send to us. We have Knowlton, Friedling Heights, and in Blairstown Elementary Schools. They're K-6 districts. And um, the communities are Knowlton, Blairstown, Friedling Heights, and in Hardwick are the townships that send to us. So um, we, we, we cover a lot of ground. We have a lot of um, you know, variety in, in where people are living. Um, most of the community is rural. Most of the community is on five-acre lots. Um, and it's, uh, it's not an incredibly uh, diverse community with ethnicity, but it's a very diverse community with regard to people's backgrounds. People move to this area for all different reasons. Some have lived there and farmed the land for generations and generations, and some moved out here to, um, you know, to kind of capitalize on the peace and quiet of the, of the really rural, beautiful uh, scenery up there. You know, you say 110 square miles. Two things come to my mind as a former superintendent. Transportation, and, and calling school in inclement weather. So I mean, not that we want to go to those topics, but I'm sure that's not a lot of fun for you. Yeah, those, those are actually, transportation is one of our biggest financial issues because it does cost a lot of money to bus that far because uh, our routes are very long. Um, you know, our kids get picked up as early as 6.15 in the morning, if not 6 o'clock. It's, it's an early start for our kids because the bus routes just, it just takes a long time to get from one end to the yeah. other. That's for I'll sure. I have a question on finances for you in just a minute. Let's talk about your music program. I've, uh, I've heard forever that you've had an excellent program, an active and award-winning marching band and color guard. Talk to us yep. about that. I would love to talk about that. So our music program is going through the biggest transition we've had in probably 25 years because our band director is retiring at the end of the year. He has to be one of our most loved and respected staff members. It is heartbreaking for all of us, but we're excited for him. We're excited for him to move on. Um, 
but uh, yeah, we have, we have won national titles consistently. Um, I think in the last five years, we've won first or second place nationally with our band competitions. Our band is incredible. Our band parents are amazing. Um, the amount of effort that they put in to support our students, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and I've been involved in really big organizations. I've never seen anything like our marching band boosters. They just, they're at it nonstop. The money they raise, the time they spend, um, the way that they support the kids, it makes the show just exceptional, exceptional. Um, so we're looking at, at um, a, we've got a transition plan right now that we think will actually continue this seamlessly through September. Uh, and we're, we're anxious to see what September brings with our ability to compete and host home shows and go to home shows. It's, uh, it's a really exciting part of our district and the band is is just um, you know the the pet band and our marching band uh, drumline you know leads all of our parades kicks off all of our activities and events so it's it's a it's a huge part of our culture up there and I, I thank you for bringing it up because we love to talk about that too it's really exciting it's great to have something like that where the community really gets engaged involved and takes so much pride so you talk about school opening there's another issue we can talk about but you know, I guess we were sitting here around a year ago, and we we're talking about S2, Senate Bill 2, uh, and it created a lot of changes in school funding. I know in your district, and I believe in your sending districts, that it created some additional economic challenges. And so now that we're in an even more difficult time uh, with regard to uncertainties of expenditures and how much uh, finances will come to us, uh, we've already been told there are changes from what you anticipated in your February budget, and uncertain what the year will bring because We've got revenues uh, literally leaking away from the state because they're not collecting them. So what, what's happening with you and your community and your school board and administration, administration talking about these challenges and planning for the coming year? Yeah, this has been our focus over the last two years. Um, our district is losing 25% of their total budget in our state aid losses, which is obviously, you know, very difficult for us to figure out how we're going to absorb our sending districts. Our cluster as a whole is losing an average of 22% of our total overall budgets, not 22% of our state aid, but 22% of our total budgets, which is obviously going to mean really big changes for us um, as we move forward. We've been focusing on this in any way we can. Um, we started by largely overhauling our health care. We've been looking at what big um, ticket items can we look at because our, our last line of resort is to reduce staff and impact instruction. So we're trying to see what can we do that's creative, that's outside the box, that hits these big ticket line items that um, you know, will have the smallest impact on our kids. We've done a good job of it so far. The closure this spring actually helped us um, do a couple things uh, that are going to offset our costs in September. We took all of the electricity savings we had um, from having the building basically closed um, for the last three months. We actually rolled them immediately into um, LED lighting for our entire building. Uh, indoors and outdoors, and uh, motion sensor light switches for our entire building, indoors and outdoors. Our estimating savings of that moving forward is looking at we're going to be able to save 75% of our overall electric bill um, from that upgrade. So those are the types of things that we have been just capitalizing on. As soon as we see a little bit of an in um, to do something that we can have a, a long-term impact in, um, we've been doing it. The first thing that we did with LED lighting was last year, 
we have um, we have a beautiful auditorium. It's original to the school. It was built in, in the late 1960s. And we also have a really strong theater program. And so um, to change the lights in our auditorium, you have to rent, we have to rent a lift because the lift that we have doesn't go high enough. Um, and to change the lights is actually fairly expensive. It was costing us about $1,000 a light to change them. And they were old lights with old wiring. We changed about six a year. Um, and so, you know, we spent about $6,000 a year changing light bulbs. Well, we realized last year that to replace all the light bulbs in the auditorium with LED lights would be $7,000. So what we actually did is we let the lights flicker and go out for the whole year. We didn't fix them all year. And at the end of the year, we took that money and we actually replaced all of our lights with LED lights. So it was kind of funny because through the whole year, it, it was sort of a running joke with our parents because people would be like, that light is, it's flick. And we'd be like, I know we have a plan. <laughs> Just, you know, we're going to hold tight on this so that we can save this up and then, and then replace them all at the end. And it, it ended up working really well. And it was also a nice way for us to kind of highlight to the parents that we're trying really hard to be creative. And these are the things that we're doing. And, you know, having the lights flickering, um, you know, for a couple minutes, it's not like they flickered all the time, but there, there were obviously issues with the lights in the auditorium. And, and we kind of tried to help explain, this is our process. We're trying to see what can we do to be creative um, to save money in the future. And of course, switching them to LED is a huge cost savings with regard to our overall electricity use. It's, it's astounding how much money you can save in electricity costs by switching to these more environmentally friendly, but also cost friendly alternatives. So we've been doing like little creative things like that to try to offset. Um, and this new LED initiative is actually going to be real money. Um, you know, that's actually, we've already figured out that that will likely save a teaching position in the coming year, which is, uh, that's, you know, uh, that's very significant, obviously. So we're trying to capitalize on, on those things when they, when they come to us, healthcare was another thing that we really looked at and we, we got creative about it and we talked to our staff and we brought in outside experts to educate our staff on the different plans. Um, and we actually got our entire staff to switch to something called direct zero, which, you know, if you're not super into the state healthcare benefits plan, I'll just say it is, it is a win-win for staff because staff don't pay a copay and the district pays a very low amount for the, the yearly. So I know this is something that they're focusing on at the state level and we'll see, you know, what happens with that. Um, but it's something that we've been focusing on. How, what can we do to, you know, kind of benefit um, you know, all of our stakeholders and also just save as many jobs as we can as we move forward. So um, it's been, it's, I, I would say this has just been our focus. It's been our board's focus. It's been our administrative focus and it's been our teacher's focus. We brought them in right at the beginning. Um, as soon as S2 passed and we realized what was going to happen, um, we brought our staff in. We had a meeting with, with them. They brought in their, you know, NJEA field rep. We had him sit in on it. And we laid it out and we showed them the charts and we showed them what we were going to be losing over the next five years and what that meant. Um, and that was helpful. Uh, you know, some people who were on the fence about retirement or about, you know, switching to a district closer to their home, you know, some of them left voluntarily at that point. Um, and then it also let just everybody know that we have a plan and that, um, you know, this isn't going to go away and this is something we need to be focusing on. So I have teachers coming to us with, with ideas and solutions and we've been able to really kind of just capitalize on anywhere we can save money, we're doing it. And it's been a whole team effort, which is nice. It's brought our district together, um, you know, under really kind of, in our opinion, at least unfortunate circumstances. Um, Certainly so. Certainly so. Losing that amount of 25% uh, of a budget yeah. is almost uh, unimaginable is how you can go on. And the challenges this year, we said will be great as you start to look at, uh, I know our national organization, AASA, and the uh, International ASBO got together to release a report that said 
approximately $490 per student for protective gear, for sanitizing, all the other things that will have to happen. So we've got these un unexpected uh, expenses that are going to create. And as you say, S2 is going to affect your districts for years to come, not just yeah. for this year. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the things that uh, has been a real uh, hot topic of conversation has been uh, school graduations and what's happening. Uh, governor this week has said, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to 250 and eventually 500. Um, and districts have been like, what are the rules? What are we going to do? You know, yeah. and I, I see on your website and your social media that you've been honoring your graduates and students at various levels that have earned awards. Tell us about that. Yeah, we're actually, we're really proud of this. I think that um, I, I'm so proud of my staff and how they've embraced this and how, you know, we immediately recognized that um, closing down school was going to be a game changer. And um, we immediately started thinking about what can we do for our kids. And so we added in, um, we added in as many kind of uh, mental health SEL initiatives as we could behind the scenes. Um, you know, we have, we have a, we have a process where someone calls every kid every day. Um, so, you know, we're making sure that we do a touch base. So they either, you know, they either do a zoom with their teacher or if they're missing out on that, we have this kind of catch all where someone is calling them because we want to, we want them to know that we are, um, worried about them, that we care about them, and that we're connected, because we thought that communication and connection would be the, the most important things for us to focus on as we move forward. I mean, this is, you know, this is a traumatic event globally, um, and, you know, we're dealing with 7th through 12th graders who, you know, our high school students are resilient. Um, our middle school students are learning resiliency, and we thought about what can we do. And so one of the things in our plan uh, was to move forward with all of the end-of-the-year ceremonies and awards and everything else that we do to honor our kids. We work together to figure out a way to do that virtually, um, everything from our athletic awards. And, and it was great. We had um, the athletic awards ceremonies actually put together by the, um, by the president of our North Warren Boosters Club. We have like a, you know, an overall boosters. It's called the, the Red, White, and Blue Club. She actually used her family and, um, you know, relied on students to put that video together, which I thought was just, you know, incredible. She reached out to say, you know, is it okay if I run with this? And we were like, this is wonderful. So we had a community involvement in it. We had a teacher, um, it, as a part of that athletic ceremony, reached out to the staff and asked the staff to send in pictures of them in their varsity uniforms. So there was a little, there was a little throwback section of the video that, that, you know, had pictures of the staff when they were in high school. And then it also had the kids when they were growing up. So we had, you know, kids in little leagues and there was a, there was a montage of that, which I thought was great. Um, we, we looked at our underclassmen awards. We did that virtually. We did our scholarship, um, banquet virtually our top 10 dinner. So Warren County does something that I think is fairly unique. I haven't seen this in the other counties I've worked in. We do something every year where in the spring, the principals of the high schools get together and they do a banquet at a golf club for the families of the students who were in the top 10. And so um, it's called the top 10 dinner. It's a really big deal. Um, uh, you know, kids can bring their immediate families. They come, they get a dinner. It's a whole award show where you highlight the students and their accomplishments throughout high school. We talk about their future plans. Um, and this year we weren't able to do that. So we mentioned to the staff that we were looking at doing a virtual version of the top 10 and we had a slideshow and um, it had pictures and the, um, the association said, you know, we want to do more. We want to do more for these kids. And they actually got together. They did a fundraiser all on, all on their own. They did a fundraiser and purchased K-12 
catered meals to be delivered to the top 10 students' house so they could still do the top 10 dinner um, while they watched the premiere of the, of the top 10 video, which we just, like, it was just so heartening to see, like, our entire community coming together. We used a local caterer. He gave us a discount. Um, you know, it was just, it was just incredible to see the whole community kind of come together to say, how can we honor the kids? How can we still recognize these things that we've determined to be important under these other circumstances? Um, and it was just, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, you know, we're so proud of them. The other thing that we did, uh, about four years ago, we started something, and you probably saw the trends of this nationally, called a graduation walk, where our seniors get dressed up in caps and gowns, and um, they go on a bus. We our marching band, of course, comes, and the marching band leads a parade through all of our elementary schools, and they walk through the hallways, and the teachers at the elementary schools have created this tradition around it where they get these huge poster boards, and they print out all the yearbook photos of the kids when they were in that grade level. So as you walk through the elementary school, you start in the kindergarten wing and you go up through the sixth grade wing and you get to see the kids. So there's pictures of the kids when they were in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, and they get to see their teachers. And then the elementary school kids are all in the hallway with signs they made for the students, um, congratulating them. So it's a way to highlight to the younger kids you know, this is, this is the culminating act of school. Look how cool this is. And also a way for the teachers to thank the kids. Well, we weren't able to do that this year. So the teachers of our elementary schools actually got together and made, I think it was like a 45 minute video where all of the teachers, they told funny stories about the kids. They showed signs of encouragement. Some of them had pictures of the, you know, the, the class from the yearbook that they, that they showed. And it was a, it was a, it was like a recorded Zoom where we turned it into a, a premiered video. But I was so touched by that. Here we have, you know, those teachers are so part of our community that they were compelled to reach out to our kids and, and try to honor them in, in a way that, um, you know, they, they, they normally would do through the graduation walk. But here we had a way for the kids to kind of touch base one last time. And I think that the teachers love it. They get to say goodbye to the kids. They get to see how much they've grown. Um, it's such a nice connecting activity. And I was, I was almost in tears watching the, the video because I was just so touched by, by their initiative to do this. Um, so it's been, it's been creative, right? That, that connection and communication and, and creativity and how can we, how can we capitalize on these things that mean so much to our community, um, but in a little bit of a different way? So it's been it's been interesting, and it's been it's been kind of fun trying to figure out how can how can we do this in a in a different way. Um, it's of course you know I, I, I'm very much looking forward to hopefully you know going back to the old way next year, but um, I, I do feel like we we came together and I, and my staff was just incredible in in figuring this out and and making this happen for for our students. So. Yeah, it's been it's it's yeah, it's been a whole ride. <laughs> well, you know, in so many ways, schools are at the heart of the community, and what you're describing with your teachers and their engagement and the giving of their time, they're really sharing that heart with everybody in the community, especially during these difficult times. Yeah. So we're coming to a close to our time now. Uh, before we we get there, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our NJSA members? Oh wow, um, I you know I think the thing that I would most share is just you know try to be community try to be creative, try to keep communicating. Um, I think that that's what's gotten us through this. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to collaborate. It's been amazing to see the state come together and collaborate as a whole. Um, that's been really, 
I, I think that's moving us forward educationally, and I hope we can continue to capitalize on those collaborative connections and work together to, to better everything for our students as we move forward. It's been a really nice statewide conversation about how do we do this best for our kids, and I've been really honored to be a part of that, and uh, you know, I hope that that continues as we move forward as well. Great. Sarah, thank you for spending time with me today and with our viewers and listeners and sharing your very unique thoughts and insights. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And to our viewers and our listeners, remember that we will distribute one week. So please monitor your email, visit njasa.net, and subscribe to our NJASA podcast. Until next time, I'm Rich Baza. Please stay safe, healthy, and well. Thanks for watching and listening. 